good afternoon again from the East River Promenade. On the update this Wednesday, we have a winner by default. Bernie Sanders, who once saw his strong lead in the Democratic primary evaporate as the party's establishment lined up swiftly behind Joe Biden, and acknowledging that he's too, Biden is too far ahead for him to have any reasonable hope of catching up, he ended his presidential bid today, clearing the way for Biden to be the Democratic nominee. We'll have the latest details. In the coronavirus crisis, there's been a disproportionate amount of casualties. With nearly 78,000 cases in the city and 3,600 deaths, the death toll has been disproportionately high in black and Hispanic communities. Blacks account for 28% of the death toll, while Hispanics account for 34%. In the NHL, the ideal scenario would be to complete the season to determine the playoff seedings in fairness to the teams that have been in tightly contested races in both conferences. But now NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman admitted in a new interview that completing the regular season may not be possible. And we'll talk about the unexpected victims of this crisis. Thousands of acres of fruits and vegetables grown in Florida are now being plowed over or left to rot because farmers can't sell to restaurants, theme parks, or schools nationwide that have been closed because of the coronavirus. This is the update on the road. Uh, Wednesday, April the 8th, 2020. From the Tommy Lynn Studios on the streets of New York City, this is The Update with Brandon Julian. And a very pleasant Wednesday afternoon to you. Brandon Julian here, of course, also the update on the road again. Back at the East River Promenade because it's such a beautiful day out there. Might as well, if you can, practice the social distancing rules. At least get out, get some exercise and enjoy the beautiful weather. We have a lot to uh, cover this Wednesday, including the latest coronavirus developments. But we're going to begin with a topic we haven't discussed in a while. In the middle of this crisis, there's still an election we have to talk about that's happening in November. And we have a front runner, although assumably by default. In Washington, Bernie Sanders, who saw his one strong lead in the Democratic primary evaporate as the party's establishment lined swiftly up behind rival Joe Biden, has now ended his presidential bid. His announcement today leaves former vice, the former vice president as the presumptive Democratic nominee to challenge President Trump in November. The 78-year-old Sanders began, of course, his latest White House bid, facing questions about whether he could win back the supporters who chose him four years ago as an insurgent alternative to the party establishment's choice. Sanders used strong polling and solid fundraising, collected almost entirely from small donations made online, to more than quiet the early doubters. 
Of course, we have we have the latest now on the coronavirus uh, developments in the city. The mayor and the governor uh, both delivered their addresses, uh, the addresses earlier today. And uh, while the governor did not have the latest numbers on hand, uh, he did. Uh, we looked online for the latest uh, totals in the city. And here they are, 77,967 cases here in the city. Queens has 25,715, Brooklyn 21,109, the Bronx 15,803, Manhattan 10,642, and Staten Island 4,661. During his address today, the mayor said that the city's death toll from the virus has been disproportionately high in the black and Hispanic communities. He said today that preliminary data indicates that black people account for 28% of the city's death toll, even though they're just 22% of the city's population. He says that Hispanic people are 34% of the city's virus death toll and 29% of its population. He said the disparities are troubling and the city will, quote, fight back. De Blasio says that the city will embark on a campaign to teach non-English speaking communities with information about the virus. Uh, the convicted former drug company CEO Martin Shkreli, he now wants out of prison so he can help research a treatment for the virus. Shkreli's attorney said yesterday that he'll be filing court papers asking federal authorities to release Shkreli for three months so he can do laboratory work, quote, under strict supervision. In a research proposal online, Screlly called the pharmaceutical industry's response to the pandemic, quote, inadequate. It said that researchers at every drug company, quote, should be put to work until COVID-19 is no more. Shrelly, of course, was best known before his arrest for drug price gouging and his snarky pharma bro persona. I told you yesterday that the virus is now wreaking havoc on families' custody arrangements. New plans have had to be made as parents are getting sick or exposed to the illness, and already feuding former couples are battling each other over each other's approach to stay-at-home orders. And as millions of people continue to lose their jobs, some divorced parents are starting to ask to modify their child support arrangements, and those who rely on those checks are worrying about how they'll get by. The chaos is unfurling also as courts are closed except for emergency matters. Uh, Family lawyers and experts said that they expect to see pandemic clauses in future divorce and custody agreements. In Brooklyn yesterday, the NYPD said that a man was stabbed to death on board a subway train. Officers responded to a 911 call just after 2.30 yesterday morning and found the unconscious victim on board a J train inside the Lorimer Street station in Brooklyn. The victim had been stabbed in the back and the neck. He was taken to Woodhull Hospital where he was pronounced dead. His name was not immediately released and the attacker fled the scene. There was a federal judge who now denied singer R. Kelly's request to be released from jail because he was concerned that he might contract the virus. 
In the ruling that was released yesterday, U.S. District Judge Ann Donnelly of Brooklyn wrote that Kelly will remain in custody because there's a risk that he might flee or attempt to threaten or intimidate witnesses if he's released. She says that Kelly hasn't yet explained how those risks have changed. Uh, Kelly has been locked up in the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Chicago since he was indicted last summer on federal child pornography, obstruction of justice, and racketeering charges. Out west in Sacramento in California, the California National Guard is now flying ventilators to New York, New Jersey, and Illinois as part of an effort to help other states manage a crush of coronavirus hospitalizations. Governor Gavin Newsom said that the states are getting some of California's ventilators a day after he announced that the state would lend 500 of them to states in need. A spokesman for FEMA said that the rest of the state's machines will go to Maryland, Delaware, Nevada, and the District of Columbia. But the list of states is slightly different than the states that Vice President Mike Pence listed yesterday on Monday. Whether it's dog, cat, or yes, a hedgehog named Quilly Nelson, pets are proving themselves to be just what the doctor ordered in lockdown. Many pet owners are taking comfort in their animals as they shelter at home. They include the humans who have flooded animal shelters to adopt or foster as they seek to fill up their extra hours. Euphoma George decided to adopt a puppy just a few weeks before New Yorkers and millions across the world took their homes in the outbreak. She said it's hard being alone, but the pet she says, quote, you have someone to take care of, someone to play with you, someone to greet you in the morning. We told you also yesterday that the Associated Press, they spent a day on the road with a Brooklyn funeral director that's been overwhelmed by demand due to the outbreak. Tom Cheeseman is picking up as many as 10 bodies a day, and most of them are coming from homes and hospitals. He's been appalled by the treatment of the deceased at some hospitals where bodies are pi being piled into refrigerated trucks. Hospitals couldn't even locate the remains he'd been sent to pick up twice this week. And it's also making it difficult to handle the deceased with the dignity that he believes that they deserve. He said, quote, we're the, first res we're the last responders. Our job is just as important as the first responders. Also, Governor Cuomo said during his briefings this week that he's extending the stay-at-home restrictions through the end of the month and increasing fines on social distance violators up to $1,000. He cited fresh evidence back on Monday that the outbreak-fighting rules could be helping the state avoid a worst-case catastrophe. The state uh, then had tallied 4,758 deaths from COVID-19, with 599 of them reported in the last 24 hours. It remains the most impacted state with more than 130,000 laboratory-confirmed cases and close to 17,000 people who were hospitalized. Uh, but as the number of new people entering hospitals daily has dropped, as has the number of intensive care admissions, Cuomo uh, called the data hopeful but inconclusive and warned that it was no time to relax rules that have been designed to cut down on transmission. 
And finally, out west in Los Angeles, uh, movie theaters, of course, may be closed, but friends are still finding ways to watch together while staying apart thanks to applications like Netflix Party. Movie studios are also getting in on the action as well, with watch parties for old favorites like Legally Blonde and new releases like Emma on Facebook and Twitter. Time for us to step aside for a moment. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we'll help you get around with the MTA Essential Service Plan. And then we're going to talk some sports. Uh, Of course, uh, the NHL is among the leagues that had to stop play when the pandemic started. And now they're raising the possibility that they might not be able to complete the regular season. We'll tell you that and more uh, when uh, the update with Brady Julian on the road returns. From the streets of New York to wherever you are, the update with Brandy Julian. We'll be right back. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, chicken. Oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, wolf? Oh, a wolf. Uh, uh, what about the tiny dog? Cat. Aww. Owl. Ooh. 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 Dolphin. <coughs> what does the turkey say? Whale. Whale sounds. To the giraffe. Giraffe, really? Okay. Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. 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 You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. you around the city with the MTA essential service plan uh, because of a lack of train crews some lines will be operating every 20 to 30 minutes in addition the B C Grand Central Shuttle W and Z trains are suspended for alternate service you can use the 7 A D E J N Q N R trains now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. Let's talk some sports now on this Wednesday. 
The NHL commissioner, uh, Gary Bettman, he's now raised the possibility of not being able to complete the regular season. In a new interview with the NBC Sports Network, he stressed that all options, though, remain on the table. Batman said that the league is hoping to have a clearer picture of the impact of the pandemic in the next few weeks, and that nothing has been ruled in and nothing ruled out, in quotes. Batman said, though, that the ideal scenario would be to complete the season to determine the playoff seedings in fairness to teams involved in tightly contested races in both conferences. However, he added, quote, we understand that that may not be possible. The live interview broadcast yesterday marked the first time that Bettman had mentioned the possibility of the league not being able to complete the regular season. There were 189 games remaining when play was postponed back on March 12th. And the world's biggest snowboard makers donating half a million respirator masks to hospitals across the Northeast. Longtime builder Burton is harnessing the company's worldwide footprint to help put a dent in America's lagging stockpile of PPEs for the pandemic. The company's chairwoman says that Burns is leading binding manufacturer is from China and directed her to, to a nearby factory that was making the FDA-approved KN95 masks. Burden had to hurry to secure them, but it did, and now it's in the process of shipping them straight from China to near its headquarters in Vermont. The masks will go to hospitals in Vermont and New Hampshire and in the hard-hit areas of New York and Boston. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we're going to talk about our weirder but true stories. We'll tell you how a judge had to order a psychological evaluation of a man. Why do I ask the judge to let him engage in a sword fight? And it just gets weirder from there. And also, on a hot, faraway world, it's always cloudy with a chance of iron rain. And then, of course, we'll also talk about what happened on this day in history when the update with Brandon Julian returns. From the streets of New York to wherever you are, the update with Brandon Julian. We'll be right back. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. <laughs> I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40... One more if you're not physically active. Another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio pre-diabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Brandon Julian. Beijing common sense. Beijing common sense. 
Anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Welcome back, everyone, to the update on the road again over on the East River Promenade. Uh, looking over, I think that's the RFK Triborough Bridge over in the background behind us. Also, the FDR Drive is to our left. Sometimes I wonder why I keep describing this. This isn't television. It's not like I have a... <laughs> not like I have a TV monitor in front of me that I can say, and to your left you can see the cars bustling on the FDR drive, and to your right you can see the calmness of the East River. I think I need to stop. <laughs> I think I need to stop doing that. Anyway, let's talk about the weird but true stories we have uh, this Wednesday. Let's start out in Harlan, in Iowa. A judge there had to order a psychological evaluation of a Kansas man who asked the judge to let him engage in a sword fight with his ex-wife and her attorney so that he can, quote, rend their souls from their bodies. Oh, trust me, people, it gets better. David Ostrom of Poala, Kansas, said in a January 3rd court filing that his former wife in Harlan, Iowa, and her attorney had destroyed him legally. She subsequently asked the judge to suspend Ostrom's visitation rights and order an evaluation, and the judge granted both requests. Ostrom told the Des Moines Register that he had an appointment scheduled with a psychologist. I would love to be that psychologist and just pick his brain for a little while. <laughs> and finally, let's go down to Cape Canaveral down in Florida. At one hot, faraway world, it's always cloudy with a chance of iron rain. That's the otherworldly forecast from Swiss and other European astronomers who have discovered clouds full of iron droplets at a hot Jupiter-like planet 390 light years away. This planet is so hot that iron vaporizes in the atmosphere. Scientists reported uh, on Wednesday that the iron likely condenses on the cooler night side of the planet almost certainly turning into rain. According to the researchers, there's no telling whether it's a steady drizzle or downpour, or what else might be raining down besides iron. I say we get our good people at uh, Harvard and Yale on the case. They know what to do. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about what happened on this day in history for this April the 8th. The highlight of this day came in 1864 when the United States Senate passed 38 to 6, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolishing slavery. The House of Representatives passed it in January of 1865, and the amendment was ratified and adopted in December of 1865. In 1513, explorer Juan Ponce de Leon and his expedition began exploring the Florida coastline. In 1904, Long Acre Square in Manhattan was renamed Times Square after the New York Times. I didn't even know that. In 1911, an explosion at Banner Coal Mine in Littleton, Alabama, claimed the lives of 128 men, most of them convicts that were loaned out from prisons. 
In 1913, the 17th Amendment to the Constitution, providing for the popular election of U.S. Senators, as opposed to appointment by state legislators, was ratified. Also, President Woodrow Wilson became the first chief executive since John Adams to address Congress in person as he asked lawmakers to enact tariff reform. In 1952, President Harry S. Truman seized the American steel industry to avoid a nationwide strike. Uh, the Supreme Court later ruled that Truman had overstepped his authority, opening the way for a seven-week strike by steel workers. In 1973, artist Pablo Picasso died in Rugens, France at the age of 91. In 1974, Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves hit his 715th home run in a game against the Dodgers, breaking Babe Ruth's record. In 1990, Ryan White, the teenage AIDS patient whose battle for acceptance had gained national attention, died in Indianapolis at the age of 18. In 1993, singer Marian Anderson died in Portland, Oregon at the age of 96. In 1994, Kurt Cobain, the singer and guitarist for the grunge band Nirvana, was found dead in Seattle from an apparently self-inflicted gunshot wound. He was 27. In 2003, kidnapper and rapist John Samselke, who had imprisoned five women and girls, one after another, as sex slaves inside a makeshift dungeon in his DeWitt, New York home, was arrested. Jam Sulky, who pleaded, pleaded guilty to five counts of first-degree kidnapping, is currently serving the 18-to-life sentence in a maximum security prison. And in 2009, Somali pirates hijacked the U.S.-flagged Marski, Alabama. Although the crew was able to retake the cargo ship, the captain, Richard Phillips, was taken captive by the raiders and held aboard a lifeboat. Uh, Phillips was rescued four days later by Navy SEAL snipers who shot three of the pirates dead. Also, a Russian spacecraft carrying a crew of three, including U.S. billionaire space tourist uh, Charles Simoli, landed safely in Kazakhstan. Let us reset for a moment because we still have a lot more to cover on the update this Wednesday. When we come back, we'll give you a recap of our top story. Bernie Sanders drops out, making Joe Biden the Democratic nominee, the presumptive nominee, by default. Uh, we'll give you details. We'll also give you another check of your MTA essential service plan. We'll go to Wall Street. We'll talk some business news that's happening there. Later on, we will talk national news and talk about some of the unexpected victims of this crisis. Thousands of acres of fruits and vegetables that are being grown in Florida. And we'll close with your thought for today. When the update with Brandon Julian on the road from the East River Promenade returns in just a moment. Thank you very much. Uh, let us talk some business news now on this Wednesday. Uh, on on Wall Street, I'm trying to find it here. There we go. <laughs> on Wall Street, stocks were up in early trading about 1% as the global markets remained unsettled. Uh, European stocks fell as finance ministers continued to argue about the economic response to the coronavirus outbreak. Asian indexes were mixed, while Treasury yields held steady. The leaders in the U.S. market included energy companies, retailers, and airlines. 
Those companies were also leading the early market early yesterday before a big gain for the S&P 500 suddenly vanished in the latest swing for a market that's been incredibly volatile for weeks. The price of crude oil also rose ahead of a meeting of major producers. And across the river in Trenton in New Jersey, some watchdog groups are now warning of a surging number of scams that target people who fear COVID-19 or need money due to lost income. Many charge people in advance for fake treatments or home test kits, protective gear that the sellers don't have, and even overpriced toilet paper that never arrives. Other fraudsters offer, quote, help finding a new job or quickly getting federal stimulus payments if people provide bank account and social security numbers or pay upfront fees. To avoid being duped, investigate or seek advice before responding to offers that look too good to be true because most of the time they are. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we'll talk some national news, including how the unexpected victims of this crisis, the thousands of acres of fruits and vegetables that are being grown in Florida. But we will lead off with the number of coronavirus cases in the military, according to the Pentagon. When the update, Brandon Julian returns. From the streets of New York to wherever you are, The Update with Brandy Julian. We'll be right back. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but Mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like Mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Listen to us on Mixcloud to learn more about the stories that matter to you. And did you miss out on any episode of The Update? Listen to us anytime at Mixcloud.com slash the WKRB Update. to the update on the road at the East River Promenade again. Uh, let us talk some national news this Wednesday. We'll start with the Pentagon. They say that the number of confirmed coronavirus cases in the military has surged to nearly 2,000. Last weekend, the number topped 1,000, and one week ago, it stood at 771. Among the services, the active-duty Navy has the most cases, with more than 500. The Army has 470. 
In Washington, congressional Democratic leaders, they're wanting to add hundreds of billions of dollars for health care, state and local governments, and food stamps to the $250 billion in emergency aid that President Trump is seeking to help small businesses weather the epidemic. The just-launched small business payroll protection program is being swamped by businesses that are rushing to apply for loans. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer unveiled their priorities today. They back Trump's $250 billion for small businesses, but want $125 billion channeled through community-based financial institutions. They also want $100 billion for hospitals and community health centers, and another $150 billion for state and local governments to manage the virus crisis. Down to the sunshine state we go in Florida. Uh, This is where we're going to talk about the unexpected victims of this crisis. Thousands of acres of fruits and vegetables that are being grown in Florida are being plowed over or left to rot because farmers, they can't sell to restaurants, theme parks, or schools nationwide that have closed because of the coronavirus. Other states are having just as similar issues. Leafy greens in Wisconsin are being hit hard, and daily farmers, dairy farmers in Vermont and Wisconsin say that they've had to dump a surplus of milk that was intended for restaurants. Many Florida growers have donated to food banks, but there's a limit on what the charities can accept. Farmers are also scrambling to sell to grocery stores, but many already have contracts. And finally, let's go out to the west, out in Oregon, out of Portland. Just a few weeks ago, cities and even states across the U.S. were busy banning straws, limiting takeout containers, and requiring shoppers to bring reusable bags or pay a small fee. Well, the pandemic is uh, quickly changing that. Massachusetts and Illinois... I'll beat that again because the car just went by. (laughs) Uh, Out of Portland in Oregon... Uh, Just a few weeks ago, cities and even states across the U.S., they were busy banning straws, limiting takeout containers, and requiring shoppers to bring reusable bags or pay a small fee. Well, the pandemic is uh, quickly changing that. Uh, Massachusetts and Illinois just temporarily banned reusable bags in grocery stores, and Oregon this week put a pause on its new plastic bag ban as the coronavirus continues to rage. The plastic industry has seized on the moment and is lobbying to overturn the existing bans on single-use plastics. Environmentalists also are worrying that COVID-19 and the fear that it engenders could set back the movement to eliminate single-use plastics for years. We will close with our thought for today uh, when the update with Brandon Julian returns. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, Oak Tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, Turtle. 
Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel, has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. Our thought for today is from General Omar N. Bradley, born in 1893 and died in 1981. Our thought for today is, the world has achieved a brilliance without conscience. Ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. I'm going to let you guys ponder on that. As we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that is the way it is. Wednesday, April the 8th, 2020. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you joining us. And in the words of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hoping that your news is good news. I thank you very much for joining us. Good luck. Be safe. Be well. And I'll see you back in some other part of the city tomorrow.